welcome back to the show. We uh, took a little break last week. Um, my best friend, who I hadn't seen in four years, he was on the first episode of the podcast. His name is Blaine Garrett, came up and surprised me. So uh, we spent last week kind of chilling, we went to a Pens game, all that kind of stuff, all that kind of good stuff. But we're back this week and we're back with the vengeance with the man himself, Gaston, you know him as, Angelo Franco. I'll catch you guys on the other side. Peace. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Welcome. Yeah, uh, thanks Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, man, I'm perfectly fine and warm and all that nice spring stuff. Yeah, it's getting there. Getting close to Easter, too. Oh, yeah. And Easter's what? This upcoming week or next week? Uh, I'm actually not sure. I can't. <laughs> I can't answer that. Yeah, it changes once a year. It's some. It's something around there. Mm. But I was. I was thinking when you asked me to come on. I was thinking, all right, like, what am I going to talk to Angela about? And then I remembered, like, oh yeah, that's right. He is incredibly an incredibly talented actor. So I wanted to ask you, and then let the conversation stem from there. Was that something you always knew, or did? You have to find that out. Okay. Um. Yeah, I started acting when I was like eight, and it, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like an immediate like, oh man, that's so amazing! I want to do that for the rest of my life, kind of thing. But it was um, my mom actually got me into these classes. That that's uh, they're like in downtown, mm-hmm. and. It just kind of started there, and it slowly built up over time into actually becoming a career for me. Uh, yeah, so I want to say I was around eight when I first started, and it was, like, my first year doing acting. And it was obviously, you know, as a little kid, it was fun. It was exciting. And, and that was just kind of, like, how it started. Uh, and it was just something that stayed consistent in my life that I did, you know, year after year because it was just something I enjoyed doing. yeah. And I want to say maybe when I was around 10, 11, I got an audition for a movie. Oh, wow. And then, yeah. And then that's whenever it it turned from something fun to something that I actually wanted to do as a career. So when that transition happens, is it like, does it become less fun or does it become more fun? Does it become like more exciting? (laughs) No, since I was only 10 or 11, it was still so fun, exciting and everything for me. But, um... You know, as I've gotten older, I'm only, I'm not that old. I'm not like, you know, (laughs) I'm not too well developed in it. But, you know, as you get older, it starts, you still have your joy. You still have your fun, everything you enjoy about it. But, you know, the realistic side of it comes in where, you know, you got to actually take time and study, uh, learn different things about acting, obviously, just like any, any profession, really. You have to, you know, of course, study it. Um, and I want to say, it's not that it's less fun or enjoyable. It's just a lot more tedious than it was before, you know? Right. Is there like a part of you or like all of you that enjoys the tediousness? Actually, I do. Because it's always, especially when you get a character for the first time, it's always so fun to actually, you know, experiment and play around. Because that's always the first thing you do when you get a script is you, you play around with the character and figure out how you want to, how you want to be them. Cause even if you get like, even if you get like a well-known, let's, let's say I'm doing a superhero movie and I get this well-known big famous character. I'm not always going to play him how people expect. Cause you know, it's up to the actor to decide how they want to incorporate this character. I'm glad you said that. So no one's ever told you, uh, to play, uh, a role a certain type of way it's up to you to figure it out uh i mean they do tell you they try to give you like a guideline for you to build off of so like if this was if my character was like a lego house uh the people around me usually like the director or if somebody's teaching me the teacher they just give me the foundation for that lego house so they'll right. be like, this is a character trait that they must have this is some this is your goal you know this is what you want and there's steps between it. Like, how do I want to get to that goal? What are the kind of tactics I want to use to get to that goal? Do I want to be, like, sly and mischievous? Or do I want to be, like, honest and upfront? Mm. So it's just kind of like, you know, figuring out what bricks you want on your Lego house. Do you want 
to be red bricks, yellow bricks, you know, that just kind of going on. So, um, I've heard people describe, uh, plays, excuse me, and stage acting as real acting. And I wanted to ask your opinion, uh, what, how do you, personally connect with the audience or make the audience feel your character especially on stage when it's like live (laughs) yeah uh i mean not to discredit film acting but film acting itself is also real acting but it's it's definitely two different schools of thought yeah Mm. the main thing with stage acting is since it's on stage and everybody sees everything you do you have to make sure everything you do is big and pronounced and if you want the audience to really get, like, I don't know what's what's the word I'm trying to think of, uh, like, just enveloped in your character and really enjoy your character, you have to kind of learn how to play your character more humanely. Of course, on, on stage you want everything to be big and dramatic because that's what that's what people come to see. They come to see a show, you know. Right. But if you want them to feel and understand your character, you want to make them seem human as well. So. That's like the whole thing with like character faults and character development. But like if uh if I was like the protagonist and with like just like acting itself, um I want somebody to feel bad for me. So I wanna make myself seem like I'm vulnerable, you know? I want right. people to understand that I'm hurting or I'm opening up in front of them kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, and I, and it just it seems harder stage acting than film acting, and uh, not to discredit film acting, I'm not good at either one. <laughs> but uh, I remember when I was younger, I used to I used to do like uh, plays and stuff, like children's theater plays or whatever. And you can't mess up because it's live. Like if you're film acting, you could you you get a few takes. Uh, or you get as many takes as you need, but it, when you're on stage and those lights hit, it's live, it's there, and you can't mess up. Does that like kind of pressure? Is does it get to you, or does it make you like better? What do you think? Uh, well, again, not to discredit film, film acting is very hard. Like for me, I've done a whole lot more stage than I've done film, and. The biggest, like the biggest difference, is on film. Everything's so small because a camera captures every little thing you do. Right. So if you wanted to appear sad, you know, you would obviously have to do as make a sad face. You know, make people understand with your facial expressions, with the way you talk, and sometimes, not always, focus on your posture as well. You know, a downtrodden character should not stand straight up always but um if you send like the smallest message it could throw away a whole scene for everything you're trying to do so you could look sad you could absolutely encapture like the picture of sad on camera but if you don't have the right inflection in your voice for a single line it might not come out right and it'll throw away every little bit of hard work you just did you know right so I would say it's a lot harder to want to contain and maintain, contain and maintain the kind of thing you're striving for on camera, because you got to understand you're redoing it over and over again. So it's not going to like people want it to be the same every time, but you got to make it fresh for yourself. Otherwise it'll be, it'll just come out horrible. So every time you do something on camera, always just try and change it up, have a little bit of fun. Right. And that's another thing that makes it, pretty hard is you know you always have to find something new in the material you work with now on stage in a show let's say i'm like yeah just any show really i don't even have to it's always the biggest thing people have is usually like you know stage fright and the fear of messing up on stage but it's honestly not the worst thing you can do on stage because if you mess up, it's fine. You just continue. The show must go on. Like that, that's that's the point of the saying. <laughs> but it, you could even save from a slight mishap. Like if you miss a line, it's fine. Most of the time, lines are usually pretty vague or they're so topic oriented. If you want to say it, 
you don't really have to if you miss it, but you can usually find a good spot to put that line back in and move on just so it feels like you didn't miss anything, you know? And the same can be said about, like, even musicals, you know? Uh, I wouldn't do it with a song, you know, because I ruined the flow of a song. But <laughs> it's the same thing with lines. The lines are made so that even taken out of context, you can understand the scene, you know? You don't always need to see it. You don't always need to have the full grasp of what's going on. But the scenes are made so you can understand what's happening when it's said. So even if you mess up, it's fine. You know, a single line won't ruin the whole show for somebody. And it's completely understandable. We're all human. I've messed up in shows. And the best advice I can give for that, for anybody who is actually interested in acting, is just don't let the pressure weigh on you. Mm. You know? Of course, you don't want to mess up. I don't like messing up. But if you do mess up, just, you know, take a side note of it and move on. That's the best I could say. Well, the good thing is, too, with the with acting and all that kind of stuff, uh, you get multiple shows. So, mm-hmm. in, in a sense, you do get multiple takes. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you mess up one night, it's like, okay, well, you can, you can go get them the next night. You can go get them a... Uh, 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 the night after that, or whatever. Um, I want to ask, what's the worst thing you've done on stage? Like the worst character I've played, or like the worst mess up I've had? Both. I didn't even think about character. <laughs> okay. Both. Uh, the worst thing I've done on stage, as far as a mess up, um, I was in Beauty and the Beast, and I was Gaston, and I was singing the song Me. And it came up to a part where I was, like, singing about how Belle's going to do all this stuff for me. And I, I'm, like, for some reason, part of the line just blanked for me. And I couldn't think of it. So I just started mumbling the song. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was no words. I was just, it was, like, awkward humming. But it wasn't long. It wasn't, like, this big, long mumble for, like, a whole chorus or phrase. It was just, like, I missed two words and I mumbled over them. <laughs> I don't know if anybody noticed it. If they did, you know, that's a memory for you. But, like... Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy that you you messed up in Beauty and the Beast because obviously I was going to talk to you about that. But like <laughs> the night that uh, the night that I went, I, I don't remember if I went the first night. I, I think I went the first night. I remember you absolutely killed it. <laughs> Thank you. Like you absolutely. Uh, and I think Sam and I were sitting next to each other and I'm like, yo, Angelo's absolutely murdering up there right now. He's like <laughs> my brothers love that one so much. They love they say my lines like my brother Alex, uh what was it? It was like his first time ever seeing a musical. Mm. And I had a line where I was like, ladies, ladies. And like the night after, he would always come into the bedroom and he would be like, Ladies, ladies, you know, he would say it to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, that that play right there, uh if you don't do anything else, that you'll be remembered for that play because that was <laughs> at least in, at least where we live. Right, yeah, because that play, like I, everybody was talking about it too. Mm. Uh, not to interrupt you, not to interrupt no, your fine. thing, you're but fine. everybody was like, I, I remember that very fondly. That was that was incredible. I just wanted to say mm. that. Yeah, I remember that was like, what is it? actually, I'll bring it back up later. We'll, we'll get back. The worst <laughs> character I've played was I was doing shows with the YWCA. Uh, I think that's what they're called. I might have missed a letter. It was it was an acronym, yeah. Um, and they were going around to colleges, and we were doing shows for colleges about, like, rape culture and understanding the signs. And I played a character called Dave. And Dave was, like, a physically abrasive and, you know, just rapey kind of character. And by the end of the play, I actually do rape a girl. Oh, man. Yeah, and it was like... Oh, and she was... Like, the worst part was, it was somebody I actually knew, because I've done a lot of shows with her. And I've I've known her for, like, a couple of years. And, you know, like... Aside from doing shows from her, I've seen her out and about, and we talked a couple of times. And she was the one who played my partner, who I ended up raping in in the play. And she was... She's such a sweet person she's so nice she's really like shy kind of when you first meet her but she's really like quirky um and it was like the importance and like and here's another thing if you're doing such a heavy topic like that 
you gotta you gotta have the love at the end of it because you know it's not like we just did this horrific scene and then we pack up and we leave you know we would hug each other you know we would say you know i'm so glad i'm doing this scene with you we would talk it through because it's such a heavy moment you gotta have like a breather between you know and especially yeah. we would do that scene multiple times in a day when we were rehearsing. But yeah, that was probably the worst character I've ever played. So going off that, how important is chemistry between uh, between co-actors? Uh, it is probably, if you're doing anything that requires another person, chemistry is one of the most important things. Because a scene can't have conflicting characters if your conflicts don't really work well with each other. Like, let's say me and this person are both just trying to be angry and neither of us are giving up. Neither of us wants to lose. That's good. But then it becomes just over and over repetitive arguing, you know? It's a relationship with no love. It's just all hate. And these characters will not get anywhere. And a lot of people, if they have characters that are just constantly, you know, they have the shtick of just doing the same thing, always whenever they're on screen together, you lose interest in them. Especially if those two characters are the entire scene. You know, you're like, oh, I already know what they're going to do. And, you know, I've seen this before. There's nothing really interesting going on here. And that's not necessarily something that has to do with the scene. That has to do with, I, I put that responsibility on the actors. You know, you should get to know your crewmates, you know, your cast members. You should get to know everybody you're working with. It's important because right. these are the people you'll be spending however long you're doing the show with. These are the people who your characters have relationships with. You know, you want to learn and you can always build off each other, too, which is also important. So if I have this scene with a character who's supposed to be my love interest, you know, I would love to get to know my partner. I would love to talk to them and maybe we can work on how we'd want these scenes to go out, you know? Like, we always want to be improving our scenes. And and we don't want to strive for perfection. This is something my teacher always says. She's like, don't strive for perfection because perfection is vanity. You know, we want these, like, faults. We want these things that people will see. So, because that's what makes it interesting, is the chemistry between characters a perfect couple is not as interesting as a couple with these small little, like, issues with them. And that, that chemistry needs to come from those issues. Because we can be all lovey-dovey, that's real easy. But what if one of us is a little bit reluctant because we've had issues? Now, how's the other person going to respond? Well, if mm-hmm. we didn't work on this together, but we know each other well, we can understand how to move the scene forward. But if we're both actors who haven't really built on a chemistry between our characters it's just going to either stall or maybe even possibly ruin whatever we're trying to go for so the idea is to keep it fresh you have to know what you're working with and you have to know who uh who you're surrounded by and uh what their actual personality is like to see what they'd be like in the in the character now, I'm not saying, like, psychoanalyze your partner, but it's just <laughs> good to, like, know the person you're working with, you know? Oh, yeah. Just understand them to the point where if they want to make a decision, you can feel confident with making a decision that wouldn't hurt them, you know? Uh, so, I, I, get what you, I understand what you're saying. All right. I like that. So, we were talking about Gaston earlier. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, does that, does that like, how does, how does, he, how do you feel after, let's say, I'll say the first night, because the first night was so good. How do you feel after the first night you get off stage? Is it an adrenaline rush? Is it like, what is it like? Um, I mean, for me, it was, you know, coming off stage with friends, because on that show, I had a lot of friends in it, so. It was right. very exciting because we did our first show together. Well, not mine, but for them, it was, some of them, it was their first show. And obviously, you come up with, with like, adrenaline from that. But, um, like, when I came out of my first night doing uh, that that uh, rape uh, play I was talking about, 
uh, it's called You Belong to Me is actually what it's called. But um, whenever the first time we finished that, it was, hmm, it wasn't necessarily exciting, but it felt good. Because, and I'm speaking for myself here, this isn't the same for everybody who does it. But for me, doing that show, it, it was important to me because I liked working with social theaters, like social social justice theaters. Um, mm. I, I've done a couple work, uh, works with different theaters like that. But doing shows like that, I come out, I feel good because, you know, you feel like you've done something that's progressive. And then I assume you're probably going to ask about the last night, too. Doing the last night is relieving. Because it's, you know, you're so glad you've done this, but now I want to move past it, you know. Right. Besides from just being tired because you've done show after show after show, but, you know, you've done so much. Like, a lot of the time you're playing characters that aren't yourself. So it feels good to be Mm. done with that and you can be yourself for a moment, you know. So the last night, because I'm glad you said relief because I was getting ready to ask you that. The last night, what's the last night like? You get done, you go, you get off stage, you go to a party, you go uh, home and just relax. Yeah, for and me, chill it's out. I, like, I what happens? Get to sleep. He's <laughs> like, that's the, that's the first thing. Like, for me, sleep is a comfort for me. When I go to sleep, I wake up, I feel refreshed, you know? Uh, not like a beautiful type refresh, like the ugly type. You know, you wake up, you're like, oh, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is what I needed. But you wake, you wake up, you feel like, ugh, gotta look in the mirror. But yeah, hey, at least it's, yeah. you know what I mean? It's but one of it's those. Like, it's like you 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 put a lot of stress on yourself to make sure the show comes out good. And you put a lot of stress on yourself to constantly be working on your characters and building up these scenes. And then that stress is built up so much that you do your shows. And then you, you can't really tell how good you're doing. Because even if somebody tells you you're good, you know you want to hear a bad comment because you want to know what you want to work on. And this is the first time you're putting right. it out there for people. But... I want to say this relief comes from, you know, it's finally over. It doesn't matter what people thought anymore because you've done what you're proud of and you can just push that back in the memory bank and be happy of it, you know? And and no matter what people say, you can look back on it now. You don't have to, you don't have to stress about, Oh, now that somebody told me a bad comment, now I know what I need to work on because it's done, you know? Right. So it's very much like phew, got that out the way, just kind of chill out. Cause it, I mean, it it sounds like it, uh, it's a long, it's a long process, isn't it? Cause it's like, uh, especially when you were doing the musicals for the school. Yeah, that's the like musicals a, are a whole a, lot longer than some of the other shows I've done. That's for sure. But <laughs> it, it's it's because it's be, like a four month process, yeah, isn't it? It, it's, it starts uh, usually around October. November or December. Actually, no, no. They do auditioning in October. And then November, they tell everybody their characters. And then December is when it starts. But it starts in December, but it doesn't end till March. So you're going through a whole four months of constantly spending. Like, if you are if you get main characters, too, you're going through a full four months of constantly spending three or four days uh, just doing scenes and... Memorizing lines, singing, dancing, knowing routines, staging, blocking, all this stuff you're doing. And for some of the characters, it could be one hour. And for others, they could be there for like five, six, seven, maybe even eight. Yeah, because you guys wouldn't leave till like 10, I, right? Yeah, sometimes I didn't leave till like 10 p.m. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah, like they, they would keep you. And it would be right after school too. But I'm not going to. For me, school was like, I'm not going to lie, I, I would just do my ho- like homework in class and then I would sleep through most of my classes. Because aside from just needing that energy, none of these classes really interested me, <laughs> honestly. So right. it, was like, it always felt like a waste of time. Like I understand the importance of school. I respect the importance of education. But for me, being in a math class, learning about binomials or like factor faction and, and all that stuff it was just something that like i just couldn't stay awake or stay interested or even stay involved in because it just it felt oh yeah so... no and not to say that math is such a needless subject it's 
obviously important. My brother's really into it. Sam, you know Sam. Sam is real big in the math. Oh. But it's just something that I myself couldn't bother to pay attention to. So I, and of course I focused on grades. I, I it was important. Right. Well, I'm not gonna lie either. On on my uh, senior year, it was like it was starting to just slowly dwindle down. Especially when COVID happened, I just I like completely disappeared from school. I didn't even like pop into Zoom classes or anything. Oh man, when when uh when when uh when we first got locked down that first month when we didn't mm-hmm. have school, I didn't I didn't do a single thing. And then when they when we came back, uh you know, at first I started like going to the Zooms and popping in and saying, Hey, what's up? And then I realized I, I checked my yearly grades and I said, Oh man, I don't even need to do anything right now. So I'm just chill and do what i was doing before and i'll see you guys all next year yeah for me it was um, so they were starting zoom classes but they didn't do a lot on my senior year right but what they would do is they would just put in every assignment and you could just do them so for me it was like i did all my social studies assignments like on day one because they were all in you know and then Right. I did most of my math assignments. I had like a couple left. They were just like mainly tests, but like I, <laughs> I just don't know how to handle math. So like those tests were just kind of left there until like close to the end of the year, <laughs> and then I did them. And it was like English was, and then here's another thing with acting: we we read a lot. We read a lot. I've read so many Shakespeare plays. I've read so many just like old contemporary plays. You know, we we read. We read like five plays a week because my teacher would send us plays and she'd be like, make sure you read them before you start looking at your scenes. And then, she, of course, she would be like, she'd be like, OK, now I'm going to ask you a question just to make sure you read them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so we would get like five plays and she would be like, if you find one you like, make sure you read it. You want to understand your material. I was like, I, yeah, I did way more work for my class, my acting classes, than I did for my regular high school classes. That's for sure. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> because, and I think the thing is that I think, and it's not. I guarantee it's not just you. It's me too. Uh, but if there are like classes in high school that you're not that interested in, that don't really have <laughs> any impact on your career or anything like that, you're not gonna focus on them as heavily or uh, as much as you focus on the other classes. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's kind of what those types of classes are good for. Like, I mean, last year, for example, I was taking uh, physics and, and geometry because that's what we have to mm-hmm. take those. And I think those classes are more or less like filler classes. To be like, Oh, I have absolutely no interest in this. I, you know what I mean? Like, I think the, the useless class, I don't want to call them useless because <laughs> yeah. some people do need them. But the classes that you may find useless, I think they help yeah. you determine the type of person that uh, you are, which is, you know, I, I think for for that, it's yeah. helpful. For my senior year, my filler classes were, I took workforce math for my math class, because it was like, we learned how to do taxes, how to handle credit, card, credit cards, cash checks and all that stuff. Uh, and it was, it's just something that's very useful for life in general. I was like, of course I'm gonna take right. something like that because I got to pick my own math class. I wasn't like, oh, you got to take algebra three, you got to take geometry, you got to yeah. <laughs> so I took workforce math, and it's something that I I actually do use because you know I do I do work. Uh, I haven't done my own taxes actually. That's kind of half my. I have done my own taxes partly, but uh, I didn't do all of it together, or all of it by myself. But it was something that was very you know essential to just the everyday life of a person that I think should just be a regular class. In my opinion, that should be like, I'm not going to say a middle school class because it should cater towards more, more towards high school. Cause you know, those are the people who are coming out of it. But I feel like that's a class that should be one kids have to take. I think that should be, uh, cause you guys, your class didn't have the junior. English <laughs> I know you did. Oh, I would say, I'm so glad we missed out on that. I'll say this: the I, the concept of it was a, it was a great concept, but they just didn't have enough. You know what I mean? Like they just they all they pretty much got like the uh, tech mm-hmm. guys, but everybody that was in tech 
was already gone by the by that point, so it was kind of useless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but the concept was good. I would say like workforce math should have probably gone in, in place the of junior seminar. Uh, the junior English seminar because I mean, at the end of the day, you need the people. I think coming out of high school, it is like imperative that you know how to take care of your money and your finances and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I, I'm lucky that I'm just I'm smart enough since uh since being a kid that I know what I'm doing in that area or whatever. But a lot of people don't really know what they're doing with their money or whatever. They don't know how to budget all that and all that kind of stuff. And so it ends up messing them up later down the line when you could just teach them what they're doing or give them some advice or yeah. whatever. Yeah. The other filler class I took was anatomy because I really liked the teacher. Yeah. Caps yep. the teacher yep. anatomy, right? <laughs> he was I had him in middle school and I loved his class. He was just he was just a teacher you enjoy being with because you know he was very strict, you know, he didn't take nothing, but he was very fun also. And, and I took right. him for anatomy. It was, no, yeah. it was the same and I enjoyed it so much. That was like that was like the yeah, first no. science class I no, well it would be the second because the second time I had him. But it's like the second science class I enjoyed, but simply just because of the teacher alone. He was great. Yeah, when you have a great teacher, it's awesome. Cap, uh, I I respect Cap. Uh, I think maybe it was last year sometime. It was after school, and uh, we were just kind of walking around in the hallway, and I saw Cap, and I'm like, hey, what's up, Cap? And he always called me Chuck because he never (laughs) learned my name. So it's like, He's like, Chuck, why are you still in the building? I was like, oh, I was looking for you, my Eskimo brother. And he was like, he started laughing. And he agreed that we were both Eskimo brothers. And I was like, all right, from now on, you've got my respect. Yeah, I was, I was, when I was in middle school, we were talking about relationships between animals and mating processes and stuff. And we were talking about squirrels. Um, and, you know, I was a little kid. I, well, not that little, but, like, I was, I was a kid. And I was like, I'm still kind of a kid, too, though. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> we were talking about, like, the mating processes and how they find mates. And, but instead of using the word mate, I said spouse. Like, like squirrels were getting married. And right. he heard that. I didn't realize what I said. He heard that. And for the rest of the year, uh, I was the uh, squirrel wedding planner. Is what is what he? I had, it was like my official <laughs> title for him was the squirrel wedding planner, and like that's just <laughs> it was it was so dumb too. It was like it was like not even two weeks into the new school year. Like it wasn't like halfway through the year. It wasn't like the end of the year. It was like the beginning of the school year, and that that was my title <laughs> till the end of the school year. But it was I'll say caps. Burns, his roasts are so creative and like well thought out. It's like he's got like a whole like notepad or whatever of okay, this is what I'm gonna say to this student on this day <laughs> yeah. if they ever like you know what I mean. He, he made fun of me for my hair one time because I you know I have long curly hair, and and he was like oh yeah he was like why are you wearing a jacket out in the cold? You got all that hair to protect you. And I said I was just bringing some hair to help you out. And you look a little cold over here. <laughs> So, are you ever going to go bald? Because I feel like that's the only... I can't see you cutting your hair. I can see you either going bald or just letting um, it loose. I mean, I let it down a good bit of time. Usually when I'm at home. Because, you know, I, I work as a cook. And you can't right. have your hair down when you're cooking food, you know. So, usually it's just natural that whenever I know I'm leaving the house, I just put it up. And then usually for right. acting too, I have to put it up because you, you don't want hair in your face. But um, and then when I'm at home, I'll let it down most of the time. Like I actually have it up right now though, because I was I, I was uh, messing around with my guitar, and when I look down at the guitar, my hair gets in my face, so I I put it up. <laughs> but yeah, is it like relieving when you get done from like a long day at work oh, and you just yeah. take your oh, hair now? Yeah. Oh, it feels so good because, I mean, it doesn't hurt to put my hair up unless I make it really tight. And it's not really like 
annoying or anything, but when you let it down, you know, it feels relieving. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know, you don't think about it a lot of the time because your hair, whenever your hair is up, you don't think about it. it. It doesn't really feel like anything. But whenever you're like tired and you let it down, it feels good. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it, but if <laughs> somebody has long hair and they hear this, just they know what I'm talking about. I was gonna say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I actually, I actually just, uh, unbeknownst to the majority of people, I just got a haircut for the first time in over a year on Thursday. Cause, uh, like my hair was getting super long. I had like, uh, uh, I had like roaches and stuff living in there. Uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was a, it was a madhouse in, in my hair. I mean, so if you got I, roaches I got in your hair, I would assume it's a madhouse. Yeah. And it, it feels it feels weird. Like you wouldn't know because your hair is so long. But it was raining the day I got it cut, and I didn't have a hood on you the see, jacket I was you wearing. You felt so, water at the back of your neck. And you yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it was the worst. It was like I don't. It was like I don't even know. Like being slapped <laughs> in the back of the head when it's super. It was just I terrible. I, I man. would rather get water on the back of my neck than slapped in the back of my head. It was. It felt the same. It was the. I mean, you know, you wouldn't know because you've got that <laughs> protective shield, Jason Momoa type hair going. <laughs> How long does it take you to dry your hair off? If like, if you wash it or whatever. How long does honest, it take to I've dry never it off? Paid attention. I just kind of. It just kind of happens. Um, if I leave, let's say, like, if it's a bright sunny day and I leave the house, it might take like 10, 15 minutes. Uh, if I'm inside my house, it might take like 30 minutes to dry. Uh, oh, man. You actually, oh, kind of man. Funny, if I put my hair, because like sometimes I'll shower and then I leave for work. If I put my hair up immediately after I get the shower and I come home from work and like I take it out, it's still sometimes actually kind of wet. And because all that hair gets or yeah. all that water gets trapped like, in there, so, like sometimes it doesn't even completely dry. <laughs> Have you ever, like, thought about, like, man, maybe I should get a cut? Or is it just, like, that's who you are now? That's a part uh, of you. It's established. It's, it's very it's much never coming of off. What was it? Um, okay, so, I was, like, it's not that I wouldn't want to get my hair cut, but it's just that I don't have a desire to get my hair cut. Like, I don't necessarily like it long. There's always trouble with hair, even if it's long or short. But, um... If right. I had to choose, I would rather have it long because I, I kind of like. I was just saying I don't like it, but I do kind of like it long. You know, it, it just feels more my style. <laughs> right. Uh, I would. Yeah. I'm not going to say getting a haircut's out of the question. I would get a haircut eventually. Just you know, maybe not for a couple uh, of years. You might have just broken the internet because I don't think anyone would expect you to cut the mane <laughs> off. That's like, it's just, this is like a historic moment. Uh, I mean, I don't know how short I'd cut it. Oh, so like it if you might, cut it, it, it wouldn't get, be, it might pardon be, me, if I you cut it, it, skis, you never know. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's the, I think that's the only option. I don't think you could do like the soccer mom, haircut. Karen haircut. I got, I got, yeah, you couldn't do the Karen haircut. You either have to. Down to my chin, which was like the Karen haircut, but it, it was it was curly. Yeah, so I remember it wasn't that. Exactly and it, Karen type. I I remember that, and I remember thinking, "Boy, he should cut it all off because you just bad. you just can't do the Karen I haircut." Put, I was still long enough for me to put it up. Could have just told me, "Hey, put that up." <laughs> That's what I should have done. Because like it never occurs to me that people can put their hair up. <laughs> Hair must stay down. It's not. That's what I'm saying. It never occurred. Like, if, if like I was at a restaurant, let's say, like let's say for whatever reason I'm going to like Morton Steakhouse, uh, because yeah. I struck gold or something, and I could tell that the cook has long hair. I'm not gonna like require that they put their hair no, or their hair up. You know what I mean? Up. Like, if, <laughs> if they have a hair net, they're good. Like if I find a hair say. in my food, if I have like a if I find a hair in my food, oh, it just okay. means another free steak. <laughs> we'll be eating free all night. <laughs> Is that what it is? 
No, you're not wrong. That, that, yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, every time I go into a restaurant, I, re- I request that they put yeah. that the cooks put their hair if down. Your hair gets past your and then when I and you're gonna make my food, please let it down. That's right. Or like just just scratch your head a little bit, just see what happens. <laughs> Some falls out or something. And then when when I find the hair in there, I'm not. I just tell them. Don't take this one away. Just bring me another one. I'll keep this one. Just bring me another one. That's dinner for the week. What you do, you show them, I found hair in my food. And they're like, do you want a new plate? Yeah. And then whenever they go to like uh, take your food. No, no, no. Actually, no. I take that back. Here's a better idea. You find the hair. You take it out. You move (laughs) whatever you just had onto somebody else's plate. Like whatever you want to keep. And if you you don't like vegetables, just leave the vegetables on your plate. And be like, I found this hair. That way they take away the stuff you don't like and they bring you more. There you go. That is that is genius. That is genius. I'll tell you the the most disgusting uh food experience I've ever had. I had I found like a, a an acrylic <laughs> nail in in a oh sausage McMuffin one time. Yeah. And this is mind you, this is like maybe maybe five in the morning. Cause we were we were on the road. We were going. I think we might have been going to like Columbus. This is when McDonald's was open twenty four seven, and they had breakfast all day. I bet you wish you didn't get breakfast. All and day. so it was my mom and I. Oh my god, no! Because every time I've gone to McDonald's before seven a.m., something bad has happened. This one time, I was like, I may have been seven or eight or nine years old, and I was on a uh, I was on a flight uh, going. From here to Nashville, before I before I lived up here, I would come up here and visit, and so I was going from here to Nashville, and before that flight, uh, I had like a, a muffin or something like that from McDonald's or something like that, and I'm not even kidding. I projectile vomited wow, as soon as the plane took off, <laughs> and I had a did pregnant get, woman sitting honor? next to me. <laughs> oh, I vomited oh. all over her. Oh, it was everywhere. It was all over me. It was all over her. It was all over the floor and all that kind of stuff. But she was like real cool about it. I think she was like only like six months because she was like real cool about it. Uh, she was like, oh, it's okay. He just vomited on me a little bit. It's okay. And so they moved me to a different seat so that they could clean it all up. But yeah, no. Uh, that's why I don't go to McDonald's before uh, before seven yeah, a.m. I'm not a fan of McDonald's. So I understand. Don't worry. <laughs> do you? Are no, you saying I, that because you I work for Arby's? Arby's? Do you have? Are you forced I, I work to say for that? Park now. You don't work for Arby's anymore. Uh, one in the water. You work park. for Eden. Which one? Oh, okay, really? so I just got hired by Eden Park. Everybody works. Yeah, everybody works for Eden Park now. <laughs> no, um, no. Yeah. My favorite. My favorite fast food place is either Taco Bell or Popeyes. I do like Arby's though. Oh, I love, I <laughs> love Taco Bell and Popeyes. And it's crazy, like right down Taco the street, Bell. Me too. I know, I know. We tried oh, going because no, it looked yeah, like it was open the other day. Time whenever it opens, don't even, don't even worry about it. I, I got to figure out what the actual opening uh, date is. I'm pretty sure they're going to open. Because I'm busting in that joint. It's not the beginning of next month. I don't really? Have a date. I don't have like some really? sort of inside source. It's just that from my guesstimate every time we pass. I mean, I'm, oh, I'm going to be moving out for soon, a second. And I'm going to be even closer too, which is crazy. I'm going to be uh, on, on Kennywood Boulevard over by Kennywood. So I'm going to be I, I'm gonna be in You're walking right. distance with that bad boy. Every every lunch and dinner. Oh man. If I if I was in walking if, if I was in walking distance of that Popeyes and that Taco Bell, I would have diabetes. Like they would be cutting <laughs> my foot off right now, I'm telling you. I would mm-hmm. be in one of them like rascals, like too big for the rat because I'm telling you, bro, I have like a I, I'm obsessed yeah, with I understand. Taco Bell and Popeyes. Like now that you said that, I'm literally <laughs> making tacos right now as we speak. I'm, I'm making like I'm not even joking. I'm making slow cooker beef I think, American I think tacos right now as we're speaking. Tonight. Yeah, salmon. I like salmon. Don't don't diss it. I like salmon. I love salmon. 
Or I can't I, even eat salmon. I'm allergic to seafood. Yes, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna diss it. I, I love salmon. I I like <laughs> I like fish, but I'm very picky with fish. Like I don't like all of it. Fried fish is all right. I'm not a big fan of fried fish, uh, and I'm not a big fan of tilapia. I would say. I remember the first and only allergic reaction I got was from tilapia. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear you no, say I, that you're not I a had big it, fan of tilapia. Just, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I don't like, like it either. I love <laughs> oh, man. Salmon with like Tabasco hot sauce is delicious, but you would never know. You would die before you even finished it. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. I was mm-hmm. going to say, I would die before I find out. <laughs> My throat would be closing up. Yeah, that's, that's very sad. <laughs> it was delicious, bro. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, see, I hate being allergic oh, to food because I feel like it's a weakness. Look, if yeah, because like if you would have said you were allergic to like, nuts, uh, you would have been dead by now. Okay, not saying that I would have killed you. I'm saying that <laughs> killed you, man. <laughs> no, like okay, so like I'm an, I'm allergic to tree nuts too. I'm only allergic to fish and tree nuts. I'm not even allergic to peanuts. What, I'm just allergic have, to like, tree nuts. Walnut. And so at work, I like yeah, nuts. I can't have I like walnuts, walnuts or too, almonds like, or anything. Wow, but you must live a sad life. <laughs> I mean, I guess I do, because everybody says, oh, man, you're missing out, bro. Eat some of this pecan <laughs> pie, bro. You're missing I, out. No, I, I can't eat the pecan pie. pie. I'll die. <laughs> it's more or less a Southern thing, but so at work, they'll be like, hey, Malcolm, you got a credit card. Here, come pick a candy, and all their candies will have, like, almonds in them. So I'll just pick one and not say anything, because I don't want them to know that I'm allergic, because I feel feel like like it's a weakness. Yeah, I don't want people to know about my weakness. Yeah. I Like, no. People used to, like, chase me around with pistachios and stuff. Have you ever been chased around with a pistachio before? I do gotta say, that's even more. It's humiliating. All right? Almond joy. See, like, that doesn't even look good. Commercials don't even look good. Commercials <laughs> way too sensual for me. <laughs> yeah, the commercials way too like it's got the the chocolate just being drizzled all over the the top of the candy bar. The candy bar looks like it enjoys it too much, man. It, it's just a whole. It's just oh, a whole God. thing. Well, it's way Reese, too I... sensual. I like Reese. Oh, That's man. why I like Reese's cups because I like Will Arnett. I love Will Arnett's voice. <laughs> hey, come get a come get a Reese's bar or a Reese's cup. They they sell them in banks now too. I, I love Man. Will Arnett's voice. Uh, I say that I love whenever they Reese's cup and ice cream. No, I've no, not like ice cream flavored Reese's when there's uh, Reese's cups in the ice cream. No, like you mean uh, like you dump your Reese's like, cup? In tracks, they have like little peanut butter cups in them. It's oh, oh, I understand. Okay, I know what it's, you're saying now. Right. Tracks is vanilla, caramel, and fudge with the little peanut butter cups in it. And it's so good. I love it. It's delicious. That does that does sound pretty good. I'm a base. I'm very basic with like my ice cream. Like I like gelato, and then I like like for actual ice cream, I like cherry vanilla ice cream. That's my favorite type. I just tried cherry vanilla Coke for the for the first time uh, the I other day. Coca-Cola, they sell it at Speedway. I do not like any of their vanilla Coke. You no, don't like don't, you don't, don't like, like vanilla, vanilla Coke. I don't like the orange vanilla. I don't like the, or not the orange. You vanilla, don't orange cream or whatever it is. No, because no, orange vanilla. It's orange vanilla. No, okay. The orange cream was terrible. The orange cream was terrible, but the cherry vanilla, the Coke but, cherry vanilla, felt like Mike I Tyson love, was spitting in my mouth. I it was delicious, Coca-Cola. man. But peach vanilla Coke is an absolute disgrace. I had. I didn't know they made peach vanilla, but now I have to find it. And then I realized it was peach flavored. I was like, "This is gross." And I love peaches. (laughs) I actually do like peaches, but that was gross. It was so gross. Okay, like I'm adding this to my Amazon wish list. Is peach vanilla Coke? All right, I just it added that to my Amazon wish list. Peach flavored Coca Cola, but it was just gross. But it was the worst. It was the worst drink I've ever had. You know what's real bad, what? and I'm almost mad at Coke for making this. 
Is have you tried the coke coffee? Oh my god, this is terrible because the first taste is Coca Cola and then the second taste is coffee. So it's like getting hit with a one two punch. And so the first taste is great, and then they've got this artificial coffee plant flavor in there which tastes terrible. I don't like I don't like the coffee flavor. I just don't like coffee flavor. Yeah. Really? It depends on who makes it because I love the I love coffee. I, I'm personal, a so I, tea I, big tea fan. with that. But you don't like hot tea. I love iced tea, and I mm, I, okay. I I do hot tea if I'm sick. But like I, you know what I mean. Like I got to put sugar in 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 tea if mm. I'm gonna drink it. If I'm gonna drink it and can't enjoy just... it. <laughs> no, I understand that. I, I make I, my. No, I can't. If I have, I got to make it unhealthy. If I could choose, I'll drink it with sugar. But I do like it without sugar too. I'll drink it both ways. Both ways. Both ways. I don't know if if I have tea, I gotta make it unhealthy. Yeah, like it's got you know what I mean. I gotta douse it with my blood sugar has mm-hmm. to rise if I'm gonna have tea. But. Yeah, no, that Coke, uh, that Coke, uh, <laughs> coffee was terrible, and I had to drink it all because it was <laughs> like spent the money. It's too late now. Yeah, I spent the money. I'm like, uh, after I got that first taste, I was like, "What in the world is this?" And I kept going, and I kept going, and it was like a bad movie. I just could not stop going. <laughs> and then afterwards, I got like, like I, I had like a, I got stomach cramps afterwards. Uh, what do you like better though? I was I was very upset. Okay, okay, yeah. All right, we're good. Oh, we're most good. definitely. Coke. I didn't know if I had to. I didn't know if I had to leave this early or not. Depending. On I what wish you I. Said. I wish I was back in the uh, in the eighties <laughs> when they were putting actual cocaine in there. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where they got the name from. They were putting actual cocaine in there, and it was like uh, people were being addicted and stuff. Yeah, I wish. Okay. When I was still working yeah, as the head of the swinery, um, we had these two workers who were brother and sister. They were like 30s, 40s. They were old. They were older. And they were like constantly switching off, going to the bathroom back and forth. Like the day just started. It was like we were maybe like an hour into the work day. <laughs> and they were literally going back and forth switching like like they handed something to each other and they would go to the bathroom uh after like an hour of that one of them was like i gotta head to my car to get something and it was uh, it was the brother and he and i was like sure fine guy uh and then when he got back he handed his sister something again i was like all right whatever uh the sister went to the bathroom and i probably shouldn't have done this but i asked marie if she could go see what she's doing in there <laughs> see like see what's happening they were shooting up in the bathrooms, <laughs> and they were they were taking turns shooting up in the bathroom. Oh snap! I was like, oh my gosh, dude! So I had to I had to get security. Uh, they were both fired, and there was two people working that day, uh, other than me and Mary. So we had to close because we couldn't stay open. <laughs> Wait. So they were fired on the spot in front of everybody, or like, did they, they do it in no, private? No, they were fired. Okay, because I feel like that's a public a thing. You got fired. Back kitchen. They were fired in the back kitchen, which is like it, it's a building. It's a closed off building, so nobody saw it except for me and my boss, you know, yeah. and obviously the security guard that was there. That's kind of disappointing because honestly, I would love to see someone get fired in person. Like, you know what I mean? Like. I, I I was telling somebody like once like I I can't wait till I become like a boss or like an mm-hmm. entrepreneur or something like that just so I could fire somebody like you know but like if I was gonna fire them I would do it like I would do it like around yeah. Black Friday per se <laughs> just so they feel just good. so like, like you know what man, I mean like I right before fired, that week but at least they have so to like, go in and work <laughs> right yeah, yeah, yeah I was like hey Johnson come in here. Like the day before Thanksgiving, per se. Hey, Johnson. Hey, man. Uh, hate to tell you this, but you're fired right before Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hope you didn't spend too much on dinner. So uh, could you, <laughs> could you call the next person in? Uh, 
we're just making a few budget cuts around here. What would your business be? That would be, be me then? as a boss. I'd be the worst boss, but you yeah, know, I'd would save money. Be? What would my business be? <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. Oh, I think it would be gosh. an all-inclusive prostitution ring. That's what, <laughs> if I was going to have a business, that's what I would be. So, you know, we would have everybody, though, because, you know, it's, it's a progressive thing. We're progressive here at Malcolm Friends. So it would be, like, real progressive. You'd have men and women and, and, and gay people and straight people and, like, and like transgenders and all that kind of stuff. And we'd all just be going out and we'd just be selling you, our bodies for free. Wait, okay, but I would get the money back. Free, but how so... would you get money if it's free? Uh, okay, I, just... I didn't mean to say for free. But some of them would probably be some of them will probably be a little bit uglier, so they have to start off free and then work their way up to making a little bit of money. But um, you know, after after so long, I get the money back and then I just distribute it like you know unevenly. So yeah, so it's like real corporate America. The men get a little bit more, and uh, you know everybody else kind of gets to share from whatever the men get. That's what that's what we would do. I I I want to give everybody the experience of like real 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 uh, America. Well, speaking of progressive, uh, I I used to do these shows called a Bawal show. I haven't done one in a while. They don't do any really in anywhere around Pittsburgh anymore. But it was uh, it was a show about like you know actual social topics. Like this is this is what I was talking about before. It was it was something that was like. It's 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 a show that's like gets a lot of hate for it because it's really accurate with its depictions and it tries to be authentic and you know and and that's something that like turns off people too. Mm-hmm. But the point is these shows are make you see it, you know. But um, like we would do right. It, it's not like a show that has like some chronological order or there's this plot. What it is is it's um it's like a bunch of smaller scenes and like little mini shows for people to see and you don't really use your words in these you can talk but like it's about depicting what's wrong with the world and what people need to see and start opening their eyes to so like we did the ones I did I did one that was sex trafficking I did one about racism and I did one about school shootings. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The school shooting ones was a little bit weak. Like its message wasn't really that strong. But. I want to say the sex trafficking one. And the racism one were both. So good. So like for the sex trafficking one we did. Um, it was like. It started off with. The actual human trafficker coming in. With the girl and selling her. And then we depicted scenes of sexual acts being happened and forced upon on the girl. Now, now obviously, nobody was naked. You know, this, this was a show for people mm. to watch. But, like, it would be these... It, they were graphic. Like, she would be passed around, and it was very clear to right. understand what was going on. You know? And I'm not going to describe it, because it's not something that... We, we really should be talking... We should... Uh, well, we should be talking about these topics, but we shouldn't be talking about, like the acts obviously you know that's neither of us have really right any experience with this like as far as sex trafficking goes and we don't really have the right to talk on the behalf of somebody's story but this is just no, something i was involved no with. experience at all here but right obviously like they performed acts on her and then afterwards she's eventually killed because she got her use out of it she's killed and then the trafficker comes back in and he brings in a new person but this time, instead of being like an adult female, it's actually just a little girl. And we don't. And that's when the scene ends. She, the, mm. Somebody comes in to buy the girl. They take the girl. The girl runs towards the audience and she screams for help. But she doesn't get any help and the scene ends. Because we want you to understand what's happening to these people. Mm-hmm. And it's not just happening to adults, but children yeah. too. You know. And then the racism one was... It, we kind of incorporated BLM movements. We incorporated some of the past shootings and we just did like the kind of things you see from white people 
in America doing and saying and acting towards towards black people. So like the scene starts off originally with uh, a black girl getting a scholarship to a really good white school. Uh, and she tries to make friends and everybody's friendly towards her. And then it becomes quickly the circle of hate. And she stands in the middle of it. And around her is mm-hmm. a bunch of white people. And everybody takes a turn saying something to her, walking up and doing something to her. So, like, uh, two guys walk up and they act like they lift up her skirt. Uh, somebody walks up and they make, like, monkey noises at it. Like, they just do these obscenely and obvious racist things. And and we made a rule that we weren't going to use the N-word at all during this. Because, you know, it's also important to respect the people who are doing the show with us. And for the black people who were doing the show with us, they're all amazing. They're all so talented. They're all so, you know, strong. And, and, and we don't want them to feel like we're saying this towards them. We want to send a message. We're not trying to hurt our fellow actors and actresses. So obviously there were boundaries that we did set up not to right. cross because we, it's still our show of respect, you know? So obviously nobody said the N word during the entire show. Cause that was a, a line that could not be used. Um, but like, you know, we did those and then it moved on from her to like her running in the streets, trying to run away from her problems. And then while she's running, uh, all the white people form up formations behind her and they start chanting. Like it's supposed to be a movement, but instead of it being the BLM movement, it's obviously supposed to be like the all lives matter movement, you know, cause that's a thing. Um, and yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> as great the scene continues, that. everybody's singing behind the black girl who's running. And then as she's running, you see other black folks come in. There's two guys start walking in, and they're also running because they're running from the same problems as her. They're running away from racism, you know, the hate, the prejudice they get. And then again, two more come in from the other side, same thing, running from all these problems that are forced upon them just because of the way they look. And the singing eventually stops and it becomes like pounding where we start pounding our feet and we start doing rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And then whenever we do shoot, everybody would point their finger like a gun and then do a motion like they shot a gun and they would stomp on the gunshot. And every time we did it, Mm. somebody would fall over dead. Uh, Like one of the black people who were running, one of the black actors, they would fall over dead. And whenever all five of them died, we would stop completely and then each of the actors and actresses would stand up and do like a death scream. And they would be holding a sign of the names of uh, victims who were actually like shot and killed and murders. And actually it was well, really cool. The guy who would do the Antoine Rose uh, like rallies and stuff, he was there and he was actually doing the scenes with us. Yeah, the guy who would actually organize them. He, he's a really oh, cool wow. person. He was so amazing. Uh. And it was really exciting to meet him, you know. But yeah, that was like another one of the ones we did. I got, I got to say real quick, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, one, I commend you guys for doing that because, and and both of them, uh, not speaking from experience, because like you said, no, no experience at all with with sex trafficking. But I imagine how hard it is to act in a scene like on either side of it just to act in that scene and to do that for both of them for sex trafficking and for the racism one uh it's just it's you know i have i'm not an experienced actor so i i I wouldn't know but it just feels like that's incredibly hard to do uh and uh the messaging too uh what i'll say is you know that feels incredibly genuine whereas you'll see like companies and corporations and all kind of stuff or like even like actors and actresses or whatever you know putting out black mm-hmm. squares or saying oh stop Asian hate or whatever but it, it feels like they're not doing that to be genuine they're just doing it to protect their brand yeah. or, uh, protect their assets uh, and so when you get a performance like that not only the, it not only does it feel genuine sometimes uh, acting it out is much better than than uh, than mm-hmm. s- than saying some words. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like 
and and I'll say this, and then we'll wrap this up. You know, I think last summer was very helpful. Uh, it, it sucks mm-hmm. that what had to go down had to go down, but for people to watch that video for eight minutes and forty six seconds and see uh, that cop kneeling on George Floyd's neck, uh, I think a lot of people say, "Yo, wait a minute, time out." Now this is this is way too far. This is this is uh, this is you know way past the line. Even people that may not have previously understood the message of the movement or understood what we were trying to say or understood. I think seeing it is better than using words. So I, uh, I greatly commend you guys for doing that. That was, that, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty incredible. No problem, man. Angela, we have this little segment at the end where my guest will give the audience something for the week. <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know what to call it. So, you, the floor is yours to say whatever uh, you want to say to the listening audience. That's all I can really say is just, I hope when you go through your day-to-day life, you can learn to be grateful. Even if you do know what you're grateful for, just appreciate what you got. And always show love and respect to the people around you. Because that is so important, especially nowadays. So <laughs> just a truly inspiring message. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you for asking to come on and then coming yeah, on, man. That was, a, that was pretty cool, man. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Angelo Franco. Thank you guys for listening. Angelo, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I'll catch you guys next week with another banger.